0: Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We are plugging away. Uh, You you may have gotten this before too. Uh, I call it the hand in the face. Uh, When someone doesn't want to listen to you, you go like this. You go like this. The hand in the face. And they say, oh, no thanks. You know, uh, maybe it's you feel like it's a salesperson, and you go like this, and you go, oh. I, I. And a lot of times they, they do the hand in the face, but they also do, I, I'm good, I'm good. I don't need it. Whatever you're selling, I don't need. Um, and uh, when I've gotten it uh, many times, not necessarily in my face like this, but just that motion of like, whoa, is, uh, I, I, I don't need your religion or even the I don't need your Jesus or Jesus. I don't, I don't need him. I don't need him. And I've seen it so many times. And some people may not do that motion, but in their heart, they're immediately when they hear it, they're they're going like this and backing away. And and this morning, as we look at this passage, uh it's a confrontation of who we are, both uh for the decision to follow after Christ at the point in time. But it's also a question of every day after that. We've been talking about that, and we'll continue to do so today. This is bothering some of you, so I'm going to pick it up. How many of you, like, little things bother you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny of me, huh? Um, so a hand in the face, uh, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you the first 14 verses of Galatians chapter 3. God's word says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall all the nations be blessed so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 10, For all uh, who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, For the righteous shall live by faith. Verse 12. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who who does them all shall live by them. Verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we, we might receive the promised spirit through faith. God, we ask your blessing on your word and that we would understand it. And God, I, I ask that you adjust our hearts to understand this important truth in regards to way, the way we live in faith today. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I know that even as I'm going over this, uh, it seems repetitive. And uh, when, when the Bible seems repetitive, you should, uh, some, of you, some of you are um, really smart people, and you, you're, you're at the top of your class, you were top 10 in your class, or you were the valedictorian, and some of you weren't that are here today, you know who you are my people. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, for those of you who are smart, there's a tendency to say, oh, I've already learned this. Skip to the next part. Uh, but, but I, I want to encourage all of us, when, when it feels like the, the Scripture is belaboring something, realize this, that God is belaboring something. And He's bringing it up again and again. And when He brings it up again and again, what should you think? God must want me to hear this again and again. Um, and you might even take offense to that. What? You didn't think I heard you the first time? You know, and, and I want you to know that God knows us. God knows us and he knows our tendencies. And so for us to hear something again and again uh, must relate to who we are as his people and really the the issues of humanity, okay? And so anyways, let me, let me review. I, I read much more than we're going to go over today. We're just going to really go over verses 10 through 14. But I want to kind of review where we ended up last week. Uh, for those of you who weren't here or those of you who are bottom 10. Bottom 10 of your class. Uh, he speaks of Abraham. And, and I, I want to I wanna get back to the point of why Abraham. If you remember in the book of Galatians, the, the churches were struggling with this idea you come to Jesus by faith in him, trusting in him uh, for your salvation. And then others came in and said, well, now that you're a believer. Now you need to be circumcised. Now you need to concern yourself with dietary laws. Now you need to to follow the Ten Commandments. These are the things that now will make you right with God after having been made right with God. These are the things that are going to make you right with God. And after Paul had left, after sharing the gospel that saves, these others had come in and kind of confused things uh, for them. And so... If you look at the last section that we looked at, it, it talks about Abraham, who all the Jews would have looked to as the father, the, the father of the nation. And the one, you know, kind of, he's a big hitter. Like, he, he, he's one that we look to. He's kind of a, a celebrity from generations past. And when you say Abraham, ah, that, that's the one, uh, the father of our people you look down uh i, I want to just remind you of some things about him that in in verse uh eight i'm sorry yeah verse eight at the end i'll read the whole thing it says verse eight says scripture foresaw that that god would justify the gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to abraham and this is this is a hard concept for us to get that that in the Old Testament, not to the fullness of the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there are times and places where the gospel was shared, the good news was shared in in seed form. Uh, And even as we look now at the book of Genesis, you can turn over to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We'll look at those in a moment. But know this, that in Galatians chapter 3, he brings up Abraham and he says, That Abraham, that his life, his uh, you know, the promise that was coming to him, was the gospel was before him. It was it was given to him in such a way, and it says this. He's quoting, "In you shall the nations be blessed." And then he says, verse nine. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith, and so. In this passage that we looked at last week, we see Abraham, the man of faith. But I want to point this out to you. Verse 8 um, says, All the nations will be blessed through you. If you turned over to G- Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, I, I, I think I alluded to this last week. Um, and uh, I, I just want to read it to you. And, and this is kind of the foundation of. Uh, The calling of Abraham, who at this point is Abram, okay, his name is going to change. This is what uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 say. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and in him who dishonors you, I will curse. And listen to this. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a connection to what we're looking at today in Galatians chapter three. And and what I want to say is this. Today... Um war has started again in Israel. Is anybody shocked, even as I uh, follow reports and read things it 's hard for me to grasp how significant this is. You know why? Because they do this all the time. I, I heard one commentator saying that uh, uh, he he referred to what Israel is doing in response as cutting the grass. That this is what they do every once in a while. That you know, there's terror attacks upon Israel, and then Israel comes in and and they wipe stuff out, uh, put put it put it back in its place, right? Um, and we struggle to know. We realize that that territory, that land, if you will, as well as the people, that God is going to somehow use and do uh, His end time. Uh, program and use this area and these people and it's hard for us to figure out but when stuff like this happens it it piques our interest right Um, even as it said in Genesis that there would be this nation and that that God would bless those who bless that nation and we struggle with the all all how that fits together but I I was thinking about uh, as Jimmy and Emily came up here and I think about where we are if if Genesis chapter twelve did not end that 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 verse three, if it didn't say that, who cares about Southeast Asia? Who, who cares about it, right? Who cares about uh, those people in Africa? Who cares about former Soviet Union, right? Those those lands. And who cares about America? Who cares about the USA? Because God would only care for that nation that he called, right? But as as it says, as part of the promise to Abram, that he would bless the nations, that he, he would expand out, that it wouldn't just be Abraham and his family, that it would be the others as well. And so as we look at this, you see the gospel to the nations uh, last week we saw the gospel to the nations, uh, the other nations, I could even say it that way. And and also it ends up that Abraham was justified or made right, reckoned righteous by faith, by faith. Sometimes that's hard for us to get and it would have been hard for uh, a Jewish person to get an Israelite because they would have said, oh, you know, we do all this stuff, we do all this stuff. We're, we're different from the nations because of the stuff that we do. And, and, and the way we follow. And we follow our God. And we do stuff that they don't do. They're pagans. We're not. And, and and this is the way we are right with God. And yet as we see, Paul's reiterating, it is not by works, but by faith that Abraham came. And the, that faith that Abraham had produced works in him and as it should in us as well and so this is where we pick up so uh, last week you could say is Abraham's faith now he takes focus on the nations or the rest or the Galatians or the Tehachapians okay Um, all of us okay that all, all, and this is where we are today, verse 10. And I only have two points this morning. Don't think it's going to be short, though. Uh, the first one is the curse of the law, and the second point is redeemed from the curse of the law. So the curse of the law, and then redeemed from the curse of the law. As we start out, verse 10, he says this, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, under a curse. And as we hear this, uh, he's saying what? Abraham, Abraham, if he would have said, I'm going to do the works of the law, and that's going to make me right with God, he would be under a curse. And then he brings it to the New Testament, to the, the city of Galatia and the, the churches represented there. And he says this, for you, for all who would rely on the works of the law, you are under a curse. Um, as I hear this word, I think it's important for us to, to kind of circle it in our mind, rely on, rely on. Uh and trust in or put confidence in and and what would it be it would be the works of the law and for us uh, as we hear this i i rarely find someone in our culture in our time i I have found some but for most of us we don't look at the old testament law and go "I, i need to do each one of those things i need to remember the the special days I need to uh, restrain my diet in such a way that I don't offend any of the dietary laws of the Old Testament. Uh, I don't see circumcision as something that is spiritual. And and as we look at that, I I, I find very few of us. And so some of you are wondering right now, can't we just skip a few pages then? Can't we just keep, keep going? Because we are not works of the law type people. I would say this, though. How many of you have ever been to a Catholic church? Don't raise your hand. Um, If you did, that's fine too. How many of you have ever been to a Baptist church? How many of you have ever been to a super strict anything church? Right? How many of you have uh, been to a church that's proud about something that they are? When I say that, I, I, I'm getting to the point of this, that it may not be the works of the law that we struggle with, but it might be another list that we've made up, which is even farther from what God desires than is talked about in the works of the law, right? It's another made-up list that we have done. And and maybe we've we've even put some New Testament things in there. We've said, well, be, being baptized or taking communion or going to vacation Bible school when I was a kid. I, to, I bragged to the kids just now that I went to church just like they did, right? I went to a lot of things, a lot. I even went to Pioneer Girls. <laughs> Figure that out, right? Uh when your mom serves and you're the little brother, that's just what happens, I guess. There, there's a list that many times we make up and we say, I know that I'm right with God because of what I've done. I, I've done this, I've done that. And, and as he writes this and as they would have heard it and as they would have heard about Abraham, which they would have appreciated Abraham, they would have thought of him as great. This would have shocked them to say, hear this: for all, meaning all, all people who rely on the works of the law, they are under a curse. That word "curse" is the idea of under judgment. Under judgment, it's the idea of that it's it's on them. It's it's pending. It's the wrath of God on them. They are deserving of punishment, and it's coming. And he uses this over and over again in this passage, this idea of curse. They are not right with God. They're under judgment. And so connecting these together, those who trust in the work of the law are under judgment of God. It may not sound right to you, but it's important for you to understand that when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the things that you think you're doing right... If that's what you're relying on, you are actually not right with God. You are right, you, you are right in your own eyes, but not right in the eyes of God. I know that's a, a tough one for us to get. But let me, let me move on because I think that it'll make more sense as we go through this. By the way, when people say they're right with God, they usually point to some things. I, I've talked about this. They say, I don't lie. I don't cheat. I... And, and when people say they don't lie, what are they doing? Lying, right? And, and, and we know what they mean, right? What, what they mean is this. For the most part, when I think about it, I try my best not to lie. But sometimes, but but when it comes to a percentage, I think I'm not a liar. That's what they're saying. And so as you think about this, this is kind of where the, the argument of Paul is going. God wants to share with us how hollow that idea is that we are right with him by the works of the law. And, and I, I want to just alert you that, that he's going to quote the Old Testament. Why would he quote the Old Testament? Because the Galatians were feeling pressure as Gentiles to go back to the Old Testament and to do all that was written in there, even though they weren't Jews. And so this idea of being cursed or uh, under judgment according to the law goes like this. He, he says this, he says, uh, middle of verse 10. Curses is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And that knocks out everyone. Everything knocks out everyone, right? Because even if you thought to yourself, I'm going to be a good Jew, even though I'm a Gentile. I'm, I'm going to do all those things. I'll learn them and then I'll do them. And, and, and he says this, he, he makes this important thing, and this is a quote uh, he's referring back to Deuteronomy 27, 26. And he says, you are under judgment, all of you, everyone, who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. We, we would say, we, in our minds, I think all of us here would say this, Well, I try my best. I try my best. Or maybe I'm really good at a few of them. I'm really good, right? Uh, You you look at, uh, sometimes when you think of foods that you don't eat, some of you are really proud of, um, and you say, oh, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. It's because you don't like coffee. There's something wrong with you, too but you're really proud and, and you look at that and you say, I don't drink coffee and, and, and you, you use it as, a, and, and the reality is you should say, oh, I don't really like coffee. There's other things I like that I can't, I can't stop, right? And, and what, what this is telling us in Deuteronomy, it's saying you can't pick and choose. It's either all or none. And if you say that you're committed to being right with God, right, I, I'm going to be right with God through following the law, go ahead, but do everything. Do everything. And everyone kind of goes, oh, I guess that's not going to work. That's right, it's not going to work. And let me, let me tip you off with something. It didn't work for Abraham either. It <laughs> didn't work for Abraham. So, the, the first point, you, you have to continue in the law, you have to continue to do everything. The second example he gives is from Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Verse 11 says this uh, Clearly, no one relies on the law, uh, on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. That sounds like it's quoted from Romans, doesn't it? But but it all goes back to the Old Testament. It all goes back to this concept. And we, and we say, well, I thought it was by works in the Old Testament. No, it's not. The law revealed the sinfulness of man. This is what the book of Galatians talks about. This is what the teaching of the book of Galatians is that the law reveals the sinfulness of man. And before the law came, we Maybe thought we were okay, but really knew that we weren't. When the law came, we knew where, right? Where and how, to what degree uh, that we were sinful. But in Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, verse 4, it talks about righteous and how they will live by faith. By faith. It's interesting. I'll, I'll just say here, I, I've been thinking about it. And, but a um, couple of words that come up over and over again in the book of Galatians. Faith. Faith. And, and now we're really turning a corner, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's going to be a big theme as we go on. And so uh, be excited about what God's going to do in your life as you learn more about the Holy Spirit. So the second example, the second challenge to this idea of uh, living, living by the law is, he says, the righteous will live by faith. And and I like how he says it in the beginning of verse 11. He says, clearly no one. Come on. It's obvious. It's obvious. And I think it is obvious. But, but in our world, we like to compare ourselves. And we just, you know, some of you have friends like this that are a bigger mess than you are. And you just keep them around. You just keep them around. You don't really like them, but you keep them around just to say, well, I'm not as bad as them, you know. Uh, I, I, I wanna tell you this is not a comparison and, and, and it's true for everyone. Everyone comes up short and so everyone, if we are to be righteous, if we are to be right with God, it's obvious that we can't be right with God by justifying ourselves. but it's obvious that the righteous must live by faith. And so what does that mean? Uh, being justified or right before God how do you be right before God well uh, continue to do everything in the book of the law that's not going to work and it's true for everyone so how do we be justified Uh, by living by faith that was the second example the third example goes like this verse 12 the law is not based on faith on the contrary it says the person who does these things will live by them and in verse twelve, that's from Leviticus uh, chapter eighteen, verse five. And the idea here is this: if you still didn't get it, be perfect, be perfect. Some of you uh, talk, you know, and maybe it's an identification that you feel comfortable with, and you just say, "Oh, I'm a perfectionist." And and I want to say this: you must be miserable. You must be miserable. Or, or you must be very, like, uh, oblivious to how far from perfection you are. You must be oblivious because everybody else sees it. Everybody else knows it. Once again, you, you isolate life and you say, I, I'm going to be perfect in this area right here. Don't look over there. Do not look over there. Right here. Right here. Uh, 100% on the spelling test. Yeah, but how'd you do in math? Well, don't don't look at that. Look over here. Can you read? How do you do at PE, right? How friendly are you? Do you have relationships? Do people like you? No. But I got 100% on my spelling test, right? I want to tell you, That as we look at these things, we we realize from Paul, from Abraham, from the Old Testament, what? That it's not going to work. The works of the law aren't going to work. It's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. Because the righteous need to live by faith. Unless, of course, you can live in perfection, which you can't. Which you can't. Which brings us to verse thirteen, redeemed from the curse. Um, in when I see that word redeemed, my heart jumps. I love it. I love it. Uh, there are a couple of different words in the New Testament that are used for redeemed. One is kind of a ransom type thing. This is more uh, translated redeemed, and is used in this passage. And I love it. I love it. It's so exciting. It says this, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. See, the law in the previous verses, even in Abraham's life and those after Abraham to today, they have been shown to be sinners, to be sinners, and sinners are under the judgment of God, and sinners can't do anything about it. Sinners come up short. Sinners run out of will, desire, and do-it-yourselfness. Okay, we run out. And so you come to verse 13 and your heart should rejoice that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us, for it is written, "Curses everyone who is hung from a pole. The, the, the picture here in the Old Testament, and once again, he is quoting from uh, the Old Testament, hung on a pole, it's the idea of a, a dead person hung up to be on display and we quickly jumped to the new testament and we we realized that that he was on the cross and it was a display for it, it was it was supposed to be a display by the romans you have violated our roman law and offended us as the authority and which is really funny isn't it because to today it stands as the victory sign that christ was over all that he was overall, and he was the one to come to redeem sinners. And so we, we get this picture that Christ, the, the very curse that we had, that we deserved from failing the law, from failing to produce and to, to follow through and to be perfect, that curse, he's freeing us. The, the idea of redeeming is the idea of buying back or to deliver in ancient times. And and really it's not just ancient times. I heard this went on in the last few days in Israel Uh, during wars, during wars, and especially the victor would take prisoners, would take prisoners and those prisoners would become slaves of the, the victorious nation. And it wasn't so much like personal, but it was just the spoils of war. And there were times where people could come and they would say, I, you, you have one of our prisoners, you have one of our people, and, and we, will, we will buy them back. We will give you what you want so that you would give them back to us. Christ did that. Christ did that. And I hate to point it out, and it's not in the passage, but he overpaid. He overpaid for you and for me. He overpaid. He treated us like we were kings and queens. He treated us like we were of ultimate value. He bought us back. He delivered us from the curse that we had earned because of our sin. As we go on, he, he says, curses everyone who hung on a, on a pole. Verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And, and every Jewish person should go, What? Are you kidding me? I thought you guys were on the outside. And we look back at them and go, not anymore, not anymore. The riches that you have because of his calling, I have because of Christ. I have because of Christ. And the blessings that that go to Abraham come to me as well. Why? Because of Christ. He redeemed us. He redeemed us. And he says that word again that we would understand that there was a price that was paid that we would receive the blessing and the gospel that was spoken in Genesis chapter 12. That that blessing, uh, all that he had blessed Abraham with, and he said about those nations at the bottom, that's us. And he says, That's the blessing that you will receive. It's not something that I forgot about you and I wanted to put you in later. It's that this was my plan from the first book of the Bible. Redeemed and the blessing of Abraham. And I I, I would say this, I, I I think it's critical for us to know this. In the middle of verse 14, it says, through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. How does one, some would say this, some would say this, well, it's for the Jews. And I would say this, it's for the Jews that believe in Jesus Christ. He hasn't talked about that in this passage. There are other passages that say this, okay? The Jews that believe in Jesus Christ, and what about the Gentiles? And it, it, You might read it in Genesis and you might say, oh, so all the, all the nations, everyone's going to be right with God. Everybody, everybody. That's not true. If it were true, why care about Southeast Asia, Russia, Africa, South America, Tehachapi? Why care? If everyone's going to be okay, if everyone in their position are going to be okay, then who cares about anybody, right? But in verse uh, 13, the middle, I'm sorry, 14, it says, through Christ Jesus. Unless you believe in Jesus, unless you believe in him as the Christ, the one who hung on the tree, unless you put your faith in him and not in your works, If you don't do that, you have no part. You have no part in the blessing. You are not redeemed. You're not redeemed. You're not his. Ties up this passage, and and I mentioned this to you before. We read it earlier in the chapter, and it will be a huge theme in in the chapters to come. He says this. Uh, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the, whole, uh, of the Spirit. Promise of the Spirit. And what you see here is this. That as, um, as you have come to faith, you've been redeemed, you've been set free, delivered, bought back. As that's been true, you, you look at that, okay, so I'm saved. But there's one more thing it says in there. That, that by faith I've received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I want to say it like this. The promise of the Holy Spirit is this. It's God giving you his spirit saying, I, I will be your God. I will be your God. I will be your God. And in me, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. I will be your God, and in me you will have everything you need. I I think that's a fear of us. Um, When when you've grown up as an orphan, you're always grabbing for things, right? I I, I remember uh, talking to some folks in the church who were doing some foster care, and the one young boy that they had was was always like taking stuff and he was hiding it away and he had this special box that he was constantly doing this and and it was because he he never had anything and it was also because the people around him had attacked him and so he was constantly fending for himself but as he promised and gives us the promise of the holy spirit god is saying to us i I will be your god I will be your God, and in me, you have everything you need, everything you need. I want to give you four words uh, in in our time just reflecting on this passage, and these four things kind of ask a question, these four words. The first one is rely, rely. Uh, We get that first part of the it says relying on the works of the law, um, but rely. And you can put other words in there, too, that would be fine. Trust, confidence. And, and what, I would, what I would say, when you think of that word rely, 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 who or what do you rely on? And I'm not talking about to get through the day, but maybe I am talking about to get through the day, right? But when you say you put your hand up to someone and says, I'm okay. Whatever you're selling, I don't need it. Why would you put up your hand? Why would you say, whatever you're selling, I don't need? Is it something that you have? Or do you say, I don't need it because I have Jesus Christ. What do you rely on? First word. Second word. Redeemed. Redeemed. And I would just ask this. Are you redeemed? Are you redeemed? The idea of being on the works of the law, the idea of doing it yourself, has made you enslaved, has made you enslaved. It made you stuck on the wrong team, right? It, it, it took the hope of you being free out of your life. Are you redeemed? Are you redeemed? That word redeemed, um, we don't like it. How many of you like being needy? How many of you like asking for help? How many of you like it when people give you help that you could like you, you were stuck, you couldn't get out of it alone? That's so embarrassing, isn't it? But to be able to say, I, I, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I I was a slave to sin, a slave to my own sin. I I was under the curse, right? I I was one of those ones that that thought I was going to be perfect, but I wasn't even close. So I needed to be redeemed. Are you redeemed? If you are, it's only by Jesus Christ. It's only by him. Are you redeemed? Third word, faith, faith. comes up over and over again in the book of uh, Galatians. faith, faith, is your faith in Jesus? Is your faith in Jesus? And I would say this because of what Gal- the book of Galatians teaches, is your faith in Jesus for your salvation? Is your faith in him for, for you coming to be you know, Christ to be redeemed, to be set free, but also is your faith in Jesus for today? For today? I, I, it blows my mind every week when I come to church and I, I look out and I, I know some of the heartaches and things that you guys are dealing with. And uh, you, you might know some of the things that I deal with. And, and, and we come together as needy people that have hurdles and mountains today. What's your faith in? What are you trusting in? That you would be able to handle the things of today. I want to ask you this. Is your faith in Jesus? Is your faith in Jesus? And the fourth word is promise. Do you have his promise? In This passage, he connects the idea of promise to the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit. And I just want to remind you what he was saying. He's going to talk more about the spirit in the weeks to come. He says, I will be your God. I will be your God. And in me, you will have everything that you need. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being in your word. God, glorify yourself here at Bear Valley Church. Help us to walk with you faithfully. Correct us in our wrong thinking if we think we can make it on our own. God, give us the grace and the mercy Uh, to follow you faithfully and walk with you and in faith, produce the works, not try to earn your favor by being good and doing it ourselves. God, thank you for your church in Jesus' name.